Today's New Testament reading is from Acts, the twenty-second and twenty-third chapters. But on the next day, desiring to know the real reason why he was being accused by the Jews, he unbound him and commanded the chief priests and all the council to meet, and he brought Paul down and set him before them. And looking intently at the council, Paul said, "Brothers." I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day, and the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, "God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. Are you sitting to judge me according to the law, and yet contrary to the law you order me to be struck?" Those who stood by said, "Would you revile God's high priest?" And Paul said. I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest, for it is written, "You shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people." Now, when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, "Brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of Pharisees. It is with respect to the hope and the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial." And when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For the Sadducees that say that there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. Then a great clamor arose, and some of the scribes of the Pharisees' party stood up and contended sharply, "We find nothing wrong in this man. What if a spirit or an angel spoke to him?" And when the dissension became violent, the tribune, afraid that Paul would be torn to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him away from among them by force, and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, "Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome." This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome Pastor Samuel Wergo. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Paul is brought before the Jewish council in Jerusalem. He's placed before them to give a defense, to testify about the facts of Christ. He's there to preach. He stands before hot-headed Ananias and a hostile council. Not only with the defense for himself, but with the truth of the gospel of Christ, it is with respect to the hope and the resurrection of the dead that he is on trial. And though this would divide the council, it's true all the same. But before he speaks that, his message will earn him a strike on the mouth. He responds then to Ananias by calling him a white-washed wall. But that response is more than just a hot-tempered, passionate response. To that pain and embarrassment that would come from a slap to the face, now Paul is speaking the truth. Ananias is a whitewashed wall, a hypocrite, a play actor. What shows on the outside is not what is inside. Ananias's office as high priest is an office as a ruler of the people, a servant of God for the sake of his people. But underneath Ananias's facade is not faith and love, but hatred and evil. The problem with whitewash, or any paint, or any covering for that matter, is that it doesn't last. 
It doesn't really cover things up for good, and it never changes what's on the inside. As pious as Ananias might have appeared, as good as he was supposed to be by virtue of his office, the true nature of his sinful heart comes out again and again. And even if he had covered up really well, through good works, through pious attitude, the ultimate paint remover, the ultimate mask uncoverer, is death. There we see the ultimate reality of our transgressions, the ultimate wages of our sin. Because what was true for Ananias is true for all of us. We've all tried to cover up our sins with the cheap and temporary whitewash of excuses or our works. In our lust, anger, hatred, and greed, we've pretended that we're better than we truly are. Repent. It won't last. And it won't make for a good conscience. Because Paul states that he comes with a good conscience. He comes with a good conscience before this hostile crowd and this high priest who has a whitewashed wall. But Paul's conscience is good not simply because he's innocent of those false charges that they had brought against him. Nor could he call his conscience good because of any good deed or pious act that he had done. Paul rightly calls himself the chief of sinners and does not paint over the sins of his past and the messages that he preaches throughout his ministry. Now, Paul considers his conscience good and clear because of a much greater thing, because of the message that he believes, that message that he brings, that message of his Lord and Christ, Jesus, the crucified and resurrected one. It is on account of the resurrection of the dead that he is before the council that day. It is because of the resurrected one, Christ Jesus. For it's by Christ's innocent suffering and death that Paul and you are not covered in cheap whitewash, but by the precious blood, which not only covers the outside, creates, but creates in you a clean heart, removes the stains of your sins, gives you a new life in Christ. And that life is lived, like Paul's, even in the midst of dangers, persecutions, slaps in the face. But it is your life all the same. And nothing can take that life from you. It is not a life of falsehood, a life merely on the outside, covered over with whitewash. It is your life in Christ, fully and free. So take courage in that. Though Satan may strike you in the face with your sins, know that you are forgiven for Christ's sake. Though persecutions may arise and Troubles and tribulations may come. Christ is raised from the dead. Your hope is in him. Your life is in him. In Jesus' name, amen.